This program is a community service and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. Listeners having questions about their health should make an appointment to see their personal physician. Any opinions or statements made during the program are those of the individuals or physicians making the statements and are not the opinions or statements of the hospital. This is another edition of Healthy Conversations, the podcast series from Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center and Twin Cities Community Hospital. After a long winter when the weather turns warm, it's only natural to let your kids out to play and have some fun in the sun. But what about the latest news on sunscreen safety and what are some other tips to keeping your kids healthy this summer? Let's find out with Dr. Michael McNerney, a pediatrician at Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center and Twin Cities Community Hospital. Dr. McNerney, thanks for your time. So given some of the recent news that sunscreen shows up in the bloodstream, Is it safe for kids to wear sunscreen? Thanks, Bill, for having me. And to answer that question, yes. And um, there's been some recent news lately, I think, over the last couple weeks where some studies have shown that people absorb some of the ingredients that are in sunscreen. Now, it's important to remember that sunscreen wouldn't be sunscreen without some of these chemicals that they put in there, which um, allows them to absorb ultraviolet radiation and actually protect your skin. And by and large, these, these compounds, these chemicals have been very safe over um, you know, the last 50 years or so. We know that anything on your skin is going to get absorbed. So they've been looking into, you know, could these chemicals get absorbed and in what concentrations? And I think recently the one that they have found is one that is called oxybenzone, and they found that that gets absorbed rather quickly and can show up in your urine rather quickly after putting the sunscreen on. I've done a little digging and looking into this, and they really, you know, don't know if it causes any kind of problems yet. They know that it, um, in rat models and and mice models, it can cause um, issues with their hormone regulation and whatnot, but in humans, they really don't know. I believe that the American Academy of Dermatology uh, wants everybody to, to continue using sunscreen with oxybenzone in it because it works very well. I believe the American Academy of Pediatrics has said you can look for that in the label and avoid that on children for now because we just don't know. But I think everybody's you know, still not sure about if that chemical is safe, but there are other sunscreens out there that are safe. and everybody still wants you to wear sunscreen. It's very important for sun safety. Okay, got that. Stay away from oxybenzone. What should we be looking for in a sunscreen? What you should be looking for is something called sun protection factor, and that's SPF. And we like you to put something of an SPF of 15 or higher on your kiddo, which is about a shot glass worth, and reapply. And how often should a parent reapply sunscreen? It depends on sort of the day, you know, if you are out in the water, um, if it's not a, obviously a water resistant brand, you want to reapply often. If it's a pretty good water resistant brand, um, maybe, you know, two, two times, you know, put it on. I usually have my patients put it on before they go out in the sun. Uh, it gives it a chance to sort of set up. Uh, and then reapply it in the shade after you've been out in the sun for maybe, you know, a couple hours. And if you're in the water, definitely every hour or so you want to reapply. And you can just reapply to the places that seem to get the most sun, um, like your face, your shoulders, top of your, your ears, your hair, if you're, or your head if your hair is very short. 
um, those tend to be the places that get burned the first and the worst usually. Well, that makes sense. So let's move on to insect repellents. Are insect repellents safe to use on children, and what should we use? You should use them. You know, insect repellents, um, we've been using those a long time to keep from the biting bugs getting us, like mosquitoes, ticks, um, some of the nuisance, um, like biting fleas, the chigger bugs they get on the East Coast. Um, we, we think of diseases that these animals or these insects can carry. So wearing a mosquito repellent if you're out uh, is, is a good idea, too. Um, I usually will tell folks, why don't you try to avoid the biting times, which is dusk and dawn. Um, but, you know, that's the time we usually find ourselves out there. Um, as far as the agents that are used in mosquito repellents, um, number one, you can kind of go down the list in efficacy. And two, I use off the top of my head as examples. One is DEET, and I think we've all heard of DEET. DEET just stands for, it's a shortening of a, of a very long chemical name that I, I can't rattle off the top of my head. But uh, it's been around for a long, long time. Uh, it's very effective in preventing uh, mosquitoes from biting as a deterrent to them and ticks and all the other biting bugs. But it can be neurotoxic in very high amounts. So um, I, I believe that it's been said um, a uh, insect repellent of DEET of 25% or lower is safer for children. Uh, I tell people to make sure they don't spray it directly on their child's skin, but to spray it on their clothing, and that way they can get some protection without, with lowering the uh, absorption of that into your skin. Um, because again, they think in high doses it can be neurotoxic. It doesn't cause cancer, I've heard that before, um, but it can be neurotoxic in large doses, and I can't give you a number as far as that is. So it's always better to go on, this, on the lower side. Um, one that has been used for a long time that's a lot safer than DEET is an ingredient called picaridin or picaridin, depending on how you want to um, say that. Um, it's, it's not thought to be neurotoxic or toxic at all unless in very, very high doses, um, but it's been used in Australia, in Europe, it can be found in some products in the United States. And so I usually will tell people, look for that ingredient in a spray or a, a, an insect repellent. And again, I tell everybody just to be on the safe side, spray it on clothing and not on directly on your child. All right, so I have my checklist here. Avoid the biting times, as you say, uh, which is dusk and dawn. Look for DEET, 25% or lower, or picaridin, which is even better. And don't spray it directly on the kid's skin. Spray it on their clothing. Really good advice. All right, Dr. McNerney, let's turn to water now. What is the number one water safety rule? The number one rule I tell my parents is direct active observation or um, um, monitoring supervision, I guess is the way to say it. Um, eyes on your kid at all times near water. If you are in a pool area, if you're at a party, um, it just makes no sense for you to trust in others to be watching. You need to be actively looking within arms or distance or shortly, you know, not too far away but really participating in the direct observation. And, and so if, there's, if you're there with your family then I, and, and you're with your partner and you're watching your kiddo, I, I say to, you know, 
uh, it, it can be exhausting, so tag team it. You know, take turns, and when it's your turn, you, 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 you know, put your cocktail down and you watch your kiddo. And, and that includes at the beach, you know, I, I think you need to have your magazine down. If you're in your chair, you need to be up out of your chair and close to the water if your children are close to the water. Uh, if you're near a lake, same goes there. Uh, it's just important, number one, to just have active, direct observation. Direct, active observation. Such good advice. And keep your eyes on your kiddo, as you say, at all times. And it can be exhausting, so great idea to tag team it with your significant other. Are there any other tips or things we should do to protect our children from drowning, Dr. McNerney? Well, I think... <clears throat> You know, as pediatricians, we recommend that children from three and above start getting into swim lessons. Um, we um, try to advise people not to put their uh, complete uh, faith in personal flotation devices, uh, meaning that a life vest and floaties are not any kind of substitute for eyes on your child. And in fact, it can sort of give you a false sense of security that can lead to um, uh, injury. And then do other things at home. Get rid of any standing water, buckets of water, uh, toilet seats need to latch or have a bathroom lock. Uh, if you have irrigation like we do tend to have here on the West Coast, you don't want to make, you know, let the kiddos uh, have access to that. Uh, if you have a pool, it's really important to have it gated in all four sides or at least fenced in all four sides with a self-locking gate. Just prevention is, big, is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Last question, Dr. McNerney. So what is dry drowning? Dry drowning is kind of a, it's a word that doesn't, it's not really a one that we use in medical parlance. I guess the way to look at it is what is drowning? Drowning is, is a, a submersion in a liquid medium where the fluid goes into your lungs and causes death. Then there is non-fatal drowning, which is a, when you survive at least temporarily from a drowning event or a, uh, you know, a submersion event. And dry drowning is what happens, I, I believe, when your larynx or your airway spasms and closes and water doesn't get down into your lungs, but you can become unconscious from asphyxiation just, or lack of air from uh, things closing down. And that can lead to you know, some problems that don't show up right away and can happen down the road. So I try not to use that word. It's not one that we use very often. I think it's more important to just, uh, you know, call it what it is, drowning or non-fatal drowning. It's all in that kind of, uh, in that category. Right, so we should stay away from that term, dry drowning. Yeah, I think it gets a lot of, it's got a little bit of a, a hype to it lately. I think some things happen. Kids fall in the water, mom grabs them, everybody seems they're okay, and then they, then they have some coughing and, and problems breathing later, and, and I think it's important to just, you know, be, if anybody goes in the water and, and they cough and they sputter, you know, keep eyes on them for a few hours afterwards to, to make sure that they didn't damage anything. So the main thing is, as a parent, if they're sputtering, coughing, joking, just make sure you watch your child for several hours afterwards. Yes, absolutely. 
Well, Dr. McNerney, this has been great, and thank you for your time. And for a referral to a board-certified physician, please call the Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center and Twin Cities Community Hospital Physician Referral Line at 866-966-3680. And if you like what you've heard, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out our full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Healthy Conversations from Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center and Twin Cities Community Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.